Welcome to Success Hackers, cracking the entrepreneurial code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Today's Success Hackers is brought to you by BigBusinessWebinar.com. If you're looking to scale your business to seven and multiple seven figures, make sure to check out the free training. Go grab your spot right now. No, literally, like right now. Go to BigBusinessWebinar.com. Spots are filling up very quickly. BigBusinessWebinar.com. What is up, Hacker Nation? Hope you guys are doing awesome today. And as someone that works with and coaches and mentors, business owners and entrepreneurs to really help them take their business to the next level, you know that I leave you with a coaching tip before we get started. And uh, as we head into the fourth quarter this year, here's my question to you. What types of actions will you take? Will you say to yourself, well, you know, the season is starting to slow down. I can start to coast. Or will you start to hustle even harder knowing that what you do over the next 90 days can literally propel you into massive success at the very beginning of next year? What stretch goals do you have for the remainder of this year? Will you coast or will you keep your foot on the gas? Remember this, the results that you will get in the beginning of the new year will literally be dependent upon the actions that you take today. So I would, of course, recommend that you absolutely keep your foot on the gas, stay focused, and keep planting those seeds because it will pay dividends in the beginning of the first year. Oh, and by the way, make sure to stay all the way to the end because I have something that I want to share with all of you. Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. Marketing and doing it the right way is our topic today. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Bill Troy. Bill, are you ready to rock? Yeah, in fact, I think we're going to just like add right onto that coaching tip you just started with today. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Right person at the right time at the right message. So, Bill Troy is an Inc. 500 CEO and natural born contrarian for 25 years, has helped brands like Sony, Disney, and Nestle see the world from a different perspective. Bill's forthcoming book, ClickSand How the Pitchmen of Online Marketing Suck You In and Ruin Your Business, is an explosive wake up call and warning for business owners about the dangers and hypocrisy in online marketing. In ClickSand, Bill compares giant firms like HubSpot, Google, and LinkedIn, as well as local agencies and consultants in towns big and small to snake oil pitchmen of the 1800s. Bill, welcome to Success Hackers. Man, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. And, you know, as you can tell from that title, I'm, you know, I don't really like put it out there. I'm not really going to be yeah, very controversial. <laughs> I have a distinct feeling some of our listeners are going to be listening intently, of course, and saying, did he just say that? And maybe I should take notice. So, you know, I gave her Hacker Nation, Bill, little, you know, some opening nuggets about you, but uh, would love to share a little bit more about you and your business yeah, sure. So it's a really a three-part journey, but there's a theme to it. I started 20 years ago with the company that we have on the market research space, which is Troy Research. And um, that's really where we've worked with companies over the last two decades to help them figure out what 
reality is in the marketplace. You know, they bring assumptions to the table about a new product or a new service or whatever. And we've always helped them through the research services go out and figure out what's really happening. On, happening. Mm-hmm. And then six years ago, we started the marketing company, Civilis Marketing. And we're doing that for all companies now. And what I found in the course of our work in the online marketing space at Civilis Marketing is that there's just a lot of bad stuff going on out there. I, I'm actually really disappointed in a lot of my peers in the online marketing world and to the point where I felt like a book needed to be written because um, some of the things you just mentioned, I think there is a lot of snake oil being sold out there and people are selling stuff in the online marketing world that benefits them as sellers, but not the people that are buying it. We'll get into more of that, but I felt like this needs to be called out and we need to get a book out there. So I like to challenge assumptions and make sure they're real before building you know, a whole house of cards on them. Yeah, and I'm so glad we're having a conversation today because I agree with you that there's a lot of people out there that are hawking all kinds of things yeah. and making all kinds of money, but yet leaving some of the purchasers, the buyers kind of in their trail, in their dust of saying, man, I just bought something crappy or not advantageous to my business. And then they start to build, I call this wall of resistance up to purchasing anything online that really might be the real deal, but they've gotten bit so many times. So how does someone really decipher if they can you know, kind of this used snake oil salesman versus (laughs) the real deal? What should they be looking out for? Well, so um, what I find is that there's a there are a set of feelings that the business owners that come to us for a solution have. Um, they're frustrated that the online marketing that they've been trying isn't working like it was like they were promised. Um, they're a little confused because they don't exactly know why. Frequently, they come to us and say, "Hey, can you help me fix this?" You know, they'll they'll slide their HubSpot report across the table or give me their login and say, "Can you help us figure out what's going on? What's going on here?" And um, they're also a couple of other things, especially on the business owner side of things that are unique. And one is that the owners a lot of times feel isolated because they don't get it as much. You know, they're hearing all the young people in their business or the outside people selling this to them using a lot of jargon and terminology. And it's the latest and the greatest. And they're feeling a little bit like they're out of touch and they don't really want to yeah. call that out. Yeah. But the last thing, and this is the one that I usually hone in on is say, but oh, wait a minute, let's talk about your gut. Does this fit the way you built your business, the values your business was built on? And what we find, there's dissonance there. And it's been bothering them and it's been eating at them. And they were going along with things because, well, I guess everybody's doing it that way now. And that's when I say, hold on, you know your business. Let's dig into this because there's probably a fundamental flaw in all this. And so we're going to dig into what really works for your business. And that's really where it needs to go. Fascinating. And I agree with you. You have to, you have to use your gut. You have to use your instincts. But you, you said something very interesting, which I'm going to piggyback off of, which is mm-hmm. you're saying that a lot of, which I agree with you, by the way, a lot of business owners, same as me, when I work with, they, the old saying is they're very good at working in their business, but they don't really know how to work on their business. They don't know how to cast vision. They don't know how to bring in new new business and how to work, have marketing work in their favor. So someone that's a chiropractor or someone that does, you know, owns a cupcake shop or someone that has a traditional business, they're very good in their business. Then they reach out to an online marketer or even a marketing strategist or whoever, and they hope and pray that that person knows what they're doing because they want to work on their business. They need to grow. They need to expand. What should they be looking for? Or what would you what would you advise them on maybe a first step or even a second step so that they're not part of that online snake oil pitchman uh, statistic? 
Well, so where we usually start is analyzing what's made the business a success up to this point. And most of these companies are up and running and they're trying to usually scale up when they call in the online marketing guys. And so let's talk about how you got where you're at. And what I find a lot of times is that business owners um, may not give themselves enough credit for how they got to where they're at today. They may believe that the relationships they've built or the customers they've built, or the reputation they've built was just, you know, kind of accidental just because, you know, we just treated people right. And they don't think of it as a system and a process. So when someone brings them a system or a process from the outside that looks so magical because it's all, you know, got little arrows where they click and download and open and, you know, email you, all of a sudden they feel like, oh, great, there's a process I can follow. So what a lot of times we do is say, let's go back. You were following a process. You just didn't know it. You hadn't documented it. So let's start with what really works in your business, document that, and then start choosing tools that follow your model instead of starting with a tool and starting to change your business to fit that tool. There's so much, mm. we, you know, business owners are like, I got to do some online marketing. Right. So they call up LinkedIn or they call up a local SEO consultant or whatever. That's a hammer salesman. And they're going to immediately start telling you, you need to start hitting nails everywhere. And it may not be at all the way your business works. But what if they, let me, again, what if they don't know? What if that local business owner, that small business owner, you know, the, again, the cupcake owner or the, the chiropractor or whoever, what if though they need, they want to expand. So they, they realize that going to their local chamber has worked and worked pretty well, mm -hmm. but now they're going, okay, well now I really need to expand. And if I'm going to expand or at least grow, not necessarily a second location or a third location, but I'm going to bring in more revenue. And I know this thing called Facebook is pretty effective in my target market. I haven't gone out there yet, but I know that where they're, where my target market is hanging out is on Facebook. Or I know that they are on LinkedIn. What do they do? Well, first of all, you have to start with what the customer needs in order to make the purchase. If you're selling something, it's a simple online transaction. If you're just selling you know, online shoes or mm -hmm. something, that's different than if you're selling a complicated B2B service where they're going to switch their accounting service to you or selling custom software. So the buyer always has a different list of things depending on the industry. So we focus on that. What does that person need to know in order to make or take a risk and buy from you? And then you need to accomplish that in the relationship. And if it's just simply seeing you on Facebook, Facebook, if that's enough, maybe it works for you. But what we find is that's usually not enough, right? That there's some sort of trust that needs to be developed that you developed in Rotary or you developed when you were first right. starting out, people started supporting you. And so you need to say, okay, that trust still has to be developed. And maybe that never gets done if I'm just posting ads to Facebook or if I'm just sending out email newsletters, I never get that piece checked off for that person that I want to buy from me. So you need to think about the fact that that has to be done, and even though it's easy to buy ads, that doesn't accomplish that one piece, so it never closes the loop. So you've got to figure out what the buyer needs in order to change over and buy from you, and whatever that list is for your customers is what you need to focus on, and then go choose the tools, and if Facebook ads are it, great. It's just that so many times it's not it, and um, we see so many things businesses do that actually break rapport versus building rapport. I get I get email newsletters like you do, and I love the right. ones I get where they have an article in there about we treat every customer special. You know, we treat we don't treat you like a number, even though they just mailed this to five thousand people. <laughs> right. right, right. So things like that that just like oh, it just doesn't fit your real values and how you really did build rapport with people over time. You know, you also talk about a subject that's also interesting: how online marketing can kill a business. Yeah. Yeah. Five ways that an ill-advised online marketing program can literally ruin a business. Do you mind sharing those ways? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I do not mind actually sharing those ways. So the first one is that it changes the mindset of a company to be almost adversarial with their potential customer. You start to think of customers in an anonymous way. There are lists you buy, there are titles you strip mine from LinkedIn or whatever, and you don't see them as people. You just see them as targets. In fact, you even start using terminology that are, you know, in, you know, non-human terms like targets. Well, that's literally something you shoot. So, so you start to think of them as an adversarial person or adversarial target you're going to trick, you're going to influence, and that's not really a good relationship. So if you start to act that way, you'll actually damage relationships with people that you want a relationship with. I had coffee the other day with a sales consultant who is, you know, he teaches companies how to do sales. We had coffee, we had a nice chat, and we talked about some things we have in common and philosophy and that sort of thing. The next day, I got an email newsletter from him where he, at the end he said, hey, Let's have coffee sometime. <laughs> so he totally just broke all the rapport we had been building, uh, you know, but built the day before and didn't even realize he was doing it. So you have to be careful not to start looking at lists and that sort of thing. So, so starting to treat your customers adversarially and thinking that they have to go through hoops to click and download, prove their worth before you'll give them the time of day and all that sort of stuff is the first thing. The second thing is, is that it can actually cause businesses to start modifying their business model to fit the online marketing. So you start by saying, I want online marketing and you start doing whatever you might do content marketing and you're getting organic search traffic or you're doing SEO or email newsletters or whatever you're doing and you're getting kind of like wimpy stuff it's not really working and you're thinking well we need to just have a different offer we need to have like you know free sample or a light version or trials and all of a sudden you start modifying your business to chase imaginary traffic that doesn't exist while you're ignoring the real customers that come in. So that's the second thing that happens. And then the third thing that happens is the online marketing tools, if you're using no matter what you're using, they always have some sort of data dashboard, right? Now I've got 20 years of market research, so I love data, but I know that data is dangerous because our brains are wired to look for patterns in data, to see things that maybe or, you know, maybe don't exist. Um, so a lot of times as a market researcher, my job is to help our customers see the reality in the data and not jump to conclusions that don't, don't really exist in there. And what I find is that all this online data dashboard stuff that's been built by all these online marketers, they're just doing that because they know you love data and you'll eat it all up. And it's a lot like casino gambling. Casinos give you an overload of data when you go and gamble on a slot machine or crafts table or whatever. A lot of decisions you have to make that have no outcome in the game, but you feel like you're having some sort of control. You're seeing patterns. Oh, gosh, reds come up three times in a row. I'm going all in on black. When, in fact, it has no relationship at all to what's really going to happen. The same thing happens in the online marketing stuff. The online marketers have built data into these things that is just like the salt and sugar that gets added to processed food. It just makes you buy more and eat more. It does not make you healthy. And that's one of the things that I go through and document in detail about how those things have been built specifically just to get you sucked in and looking at focusing on activity instead of progress. Awesome. Well, let me ask you this then. With, with, with that sort of negativity and how it can kill a business, <laughs> yeah. everybody, the, the flip side to that will be automation. So how do I then, as a small business owner, okay, listen, Scott, you're telling me that I need to work on my business. And yeah. we focus on the business development side of things and what makes the most sense is everything you're talking about. But then maybe not every for not every business, but you know every business is different. But maybe online marketing or some component of online marketing should be put into place. 
at what stage of when you're looking at a company do you give the thumbs up to say, you know what, based on everything you shared with me, that online marketing absolutely should and would work for you? Is there, is there a, a specific target or a specific avatar or a specific thing that you look at when working with companies that says, you know what, that client is absolutely ready or that company is ready for online marketing? Yeah, I don't think there's anything actually inherently evil about online marketing. I'm just not a fan of the way it's being sold by the pitchmen. So online marketing has its place in a marketing mix just like billboards or radio or television or, you know, direct mail. Um, the problem I have is that the online marketers are selling it as though it's the be all end all. If you don't do it, you're going to be lost to the dust of history and you got to go all in. And then they build it so that it's all addictive. No one sits around pining to look at the dashboard for their radio campaign like but those online marketing stuff we just like start getting sucked into the whole thing so online marketing is certainly a mix i mean there's no question that an online presence can provide credibility when someone comes to look at you and if people are searching for what you offer then you know inbound can be a good a good approach it's a matter though of starting with how your business works and figuring out if those tools fit just like billboards or bus bench boards or anything like that so it's not the marketing tool that's a problem. It's the fact that the pitch men are all in and there are some things kind of happening in our world that are helping them, um, you know, be successful with their with their snake oil pitch. It's it's a time when we all kind of think you can get rich online with, right. you know, a few clicks. And right. so that, that that mindset just comes into the room with them. And so you think, well, gosh, I think we could get rich with a few clicks here. You know, t I believe that. 10 years from now, we'll look back and kind of joke about this and we'll realize, oh my God, I can't believe I was falling for that. So now I use it the way a healthy per business should use online marketing and it's kind of back in its place. But right now, people are just going too crazy with it. Yeah, and I agree. And it's, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I sometimes when I work with my business owner clients or even if I'm having a conversation after maybe a speaking engagement I have or just at a, at a networking event or whatnot, and uh, I'll start talking to a business owner, and I said, "Well, you know, what are you up to in your business?" And, well, we, you know, we started doing this online marketing. And I said, "Oh," and I said, "What is that? What does that even mean? Well, you know, what are you doing?" Well, we're actually doing some things on social media because, again, another another sexy yeah. kind of a buzzword. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. great, but what is that? That's awesome. What are you doing? Well, we have someone writing blogs. Oh, and then posting them on five different sites. And I said, "Well, how's that going for you?" Well, we really haven't gotten any traction other than a few comments or likes on our Facebook page. And that's about it. That's where the conversation starts and it ends pretty quickly. I'll have to then, you know, I can only bite my tongue so long. <laughs> and then I jump in and I say, well, you know, what is the outcome? Kind of the conversation we're talking yes. about now. And it starts to get people to think differently. And they're like, you know, we just, we just thought that online marketing or online advertising or, you know, internet marketing or social media is where we needed to be. But now that you're asking us, Scott, these types of questions, we just believe someone in our BNI or our LATIP or our chamber you yeah. that person, but nothing's happening. 100% with you because what, what you find out is that it all becomes about the marketing metrics and not the business metrics, right? You start exactly. looking at uh, getting more traffic and more clicks and more downloads. And in fu it's, funny, it's funny that you mentioned um, you know, the networking groups um, because one of the crazy things we see all the time is that uh, business owners will come in and they'll be talking about, like you said, the online marketing they're doing. And I will say, okay, so um, where'd you buy that? How'd you buy that? And they will explain someone they know, right, in a networking group or in Rotary or that they've known right. in their industry or some speaker. It'll always be a person that sold it to them. 
The irony there is that online marketers know better because they know they have to sell online marketing with in-person human-to-human sales because <laughs> they can't sell it with online marketing. And yet they're going to go to a business and say, you should do blogging and you should do Facebook yeah. posts and you should do email marketing. Well, that's not what they're doing. Right. So they know better. But it's just crazy. That's one of the reasons I'm sort of calling out the industry saying, come on, guys, you can't put 80 sales reps out on the street to help small businesses, quote unquote, learn the value of online marketing and tell these guys <laughs> that they shouldn't have sales reps out on the street. It's just ludicrous. Can you get vulnerable with us for a second? Absolutely. So I believe that all high performers and successful individuals maybe look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They use failure as feedback and course correction. So Take us back to one time, and I know there could be multiple times, but just one time that you remember that kind of sticks with you that you almost wanted to even give up, but you actually used that one time, that one failure, that maybe that one setback as fuel for your success fire bill. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I view failure the same way. I think that failure is when you, you hit the edges, right? And if you don't hit the edge, you won't know where it is. You won't know what the boundaries are. So how can you push them? Mm-hmm. And for me, I still to this day, and it's probably been, you know, 18 years. And um, my my failure that bothers me to this day was um, we hired a guy named Mike. And this was the early days of my business. And I really, we were on our way. And, and um, you know, we started our online market research firm in 1997. So it was the height of the dot-com era. We just, you know, we're going to go huge. And, and so um, Mike was a guy that I'd known for several years, just the salt of the earth guy. He was married and had four kids, and I convinced him to come on board and work for us. And um, it just turned out he wasn't the right guy for the job. And I was just so blinded by the fact that we were going huge, and I love Mike and thought he would be great. And we ended up having to let Mike go. And I realized at that moment that what I was doing was I was not giving Mike the truth. I was selling him on my dream and only the good side of my dream. And um, I convinced him to do something that he probably shouldn't have done. Now, I actually got really involved when he left because I felt that way and helped him, you know, reposition and get something new going in his career. But I learned that day that you have to give people the whole truth, um, not just your imaginary truth. And it almost relates back to what we're talking about here, too. Right. Instead of just making everything sound perfect, you have to make things real. So uh, ever since then. All of our hiring, we always say the good things and the bad things um, so that people know what they're getting into. And I don't convince them because, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm compelling and exciting and getting my uh, message out there. And so I think that was the big failure for me was realizing I let him down by not giving him the truth and convincing him of something that I should have told him more more details about. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I mean, we. we you can go through life, doesn't matter what age you are, you can go through, you know, own multiple companies and have multiple successes and have multiple relationships or whatever it is along your path. And I swear, it always does come back down to this one, this one thing, which is, you know, you tell the truth at, at the time, it might not sound great coming out of your mouth, but it just always does work out so much better than yeah. when you try to cut angles or try to connive people into something else because it always bites you, doesn't it? You know, and I found, too, that if you're if you're honest about the good and the bad, I, I'll never forget. It happens all the time, but I, I'll never forget we, we needed a, someone to work a third shift for us. You know, it was all by yourself, you know, manning the, the thing and no one was around all night. Who'd want that sort of terrible, you know, show? And when I started telling people about it, all of a sudden a guy said, oh, I love that. I hate people. I would love to be. <laughs> and I realized at that moment that there is the right person for every position. And if you tell them the good and the bad for the right person, the bad is good. You know, the, everybody wow. else will hate that piece. But that person will say, 
oh, everybody else you'll be saying, I want to, you've got to dig ditches all day. It's going to be hot, sweaty, and you're going to have a sore back. Most people will say, oh, no chance. One guy will go, that's great. I love being outside and I, I want to get yeah. stronger anyway. So I'm going to get ready for my what, you know, so that's what I found was that it's not like you have to hide that piece and it helps you to get the right people. Let's switch gears for a quick second. Bill, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help grow themselves in their business. You've already given us some great nuggets around what not to do or what to kind of be fearful of. And then you also follow that up with some things to look for. But now we shine the success hack spotlight on you, Mr. Bill Troy. Okay. What's one success hack? Just one that you can share that can help our listeners become more successful in, in the marketing space, positioning space, or overall messaging, whatever it is that you want to share that's based on your expertise. So I think it's just a, you know, entrepreneur business owner hack. And, um, I do, so I I've run for a long time and, um, so I'm a runner, but what I really do with the running is for me, it's uh, not only a physical thing, it's also a mental reset. And I use what I, what's called a unconscious cognition. And um, when I'm going out to do running and other people can do this with meditation or even some people do it when they sleep, you plant uh, some sort of issue or challenge or question in your mind and then let it go. Um, you know, so when I go out for a run and sometimes I actually go out for a run because I have an issue to solve, I just go out for a run, stop thinking about it. And all of a sudden the answer appears, right? Mm -hmm. About 30, 60 minutes into the run, bam, the answer comes to me. And what it is, is that your brain works on those kind of things in the background. You don't have, you don't focus on it. You just plant it and go away and do something else. It's slightly distracting, especially if it's something that's kind of meditative and, right. and lets your brain just relax. And, um, I use that all the time and it's amazing how reliable it is for me. And so with getting out, relaxing, get away, um, actually helps me to come back and immediately know what to do and focus back on the business versus in the business. So basically, as a recap to the success hack is whatever you're working on, whatever issue or situation or problem that you want to solve, you basically ask yourself the question, how do I earn X dollars per month? How do I lose 25 pounds? How do I hire someone to help expand the company? You, you plant that as a seed, if you will, and then you forget about it. Go do something physical in nature, whether that's running, whether that's hiking, whether that's working out, you know, in, in increasing the blood flow, et cetera. And you're saying along of those lines is when you'll come up with the, uh, the answer. Yeah, something to just distract yourself um, and let your brain not work so hard. It's almost like, you know, you look away and you'll see it, right? right. So uh, for me, it's running, but it could be anything. Um, just something, you know, heck, go out and, you know, weed the flower bed or figure out what it is for you, but let your brain work in the background. Don't worry about it. And it's going to come back to you with the answer. Bill, we are now entering the randomness round. But before we do, let's take one quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, do you feel stuck in your business or maybe even hit a plateau? Maybe you're not even sure how to market effectively, drive leads, get new clients, become more productive, or maybe you're just not quite sure how to scale or go big in your business. Then you're absolutely going to love this. I have a brand new free training on how to go from where you're at today to creating and sustaining a seven and multiple seven figure business. No fluff, no selling, no BS, straight content and teachings on how to scale your business. Oh, and by the way, it's 100% free. To sign up for this training today, just go to Big Business Webinar. That's bigbusinesswebinar.com to grab your free spot. Okay, Bill, we are back and about to enter the randomness round. The randomness round 
is kind of like putting you on the success hackers <laughs> version of the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. Bill Troy, are you ready for the randomness round? Let's do it. Best advice you've ever received. <sighs> Best advice I've ever received. Um, so I actually have a slogan that I that I use and have built our business on and I'm telling other customers to use, and it's really simple. It's the old phrase, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But I look at it as literal advice. And say, if you, so, you know, back to some of the stuff we were even talking about earlier, right? About how businesses are doing things that just don't feel right. If you just looked at what's happening to you today and look at what someone has done for you that you liked, an email you received or something that made you smile or made you respond to them and say, oh, I'm a focus group every day of what people are trying on me and I can see what I like and I can do that same thing. So when someone does that to you, turn around and do it to them. So I do that. I get them occasionally. I get We talked about earlier all the ones we get that we hate. Mm-hmm. But when I get one I like, not only do I respond to that person, I try to try to do that again right then to someone else. And it's, it's actually a quick technique that will start to train your brain to watch for the good things that are happening and try to train yourself to do um, you know, things that are the right thing to do for other people. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Yeah, physical. I, I'm moving, right? I'm not running every day. My legs are getting a little older, but um, I'm definitely going out and getting outside. I mean, even in the winter, I'm outside every day. Um, I do it just to recharge. I go out and and find some reason to get outside and walk around the building or walk around the parking lot or go for a run or whatever. So get outside. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Yeah, go sooner. So um, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier or not. I didn't start my business until I was 35. So um, I waited too long. And um, I waited too long because I was waiting for other people to think it was a good idea. I kept wanting to do it and wanting to do it. And other people would say, well, I don't know if you should throw away everything you've got for that. Um, and then I one day realized that they were giving me, the, in, in, you know, in a loving way, they were giving me the advice that was right for them. They yeah. wouldn't throw everything away. And when I realized I had to break rapport with everybody and do what everybody thought was a bad idea, oh, I should have done that sooner. So I wish I would have started 10 or 15 years sooner. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Uh, I have persistence, right? I mentioned that I run and I've done marathons for 20 years and it's a matter of being in it for the long haul. There are days when I really don't want to do it, days when I love it, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to keep doing it and keep, and the other thing is, is keep taking care of the equipment. You know, you got to keep your legs in shape. You got to keep everything else working so that you can keep doing it. So I'm a huge guy on persistence over time. It's a, the life, life is a marathon for me and, um, it's the, it's the, um, slow and steady wins the race. What is a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you, Bill? Wow, hidden talent. That's a tough one. Um, so one thing I would say that a lot of people these days don't know, if you knew me when I was younger, you'd know. I, I did spend uh, 10 years traveling around the uh, U.S. working on the radio. So I was in the radio business. I wanted to be in the music business and um, had a lot of fun doing that in my teen, in my 20s and then uh, realized, oh, I got to grow up and uh, make a living. But I had a good time doing that. Hung out with a lot of fun folks backstage and have a lot of stories from those days. So I guess uh, being a DJ would be something most people today don't know. What is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? 
on the business, well, my f- current favorite book right now is um, Dan Lyon's book, Disrupted. Um, he's a man after my own heart and uh, goes into his whole experience working at HubSpot and about um, what he calls uh, world of charlatans. And um, so I'm a big fan of what he's exposed in that online marketing world from the inside as having worked there. I'm, I'm talking about it in my book from the perspective of being a marketing company and seeing what my peers are doing. Uh, but I just love um, his candor and the journey he takes everybody on in his book, Disrupted. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation, what would that be? You know, I'm, I don't think we need more tools. I think we just need to start using the tools we have better. So I'm going to tell you something to do with simple tool that we all use, which is LinkedIn. Um, if you send anybody a message and you don't look at their LinkedIn profile and see what charities they support, where they went to school, and do something to customize that message to that human being, you're completely missing one of the huge values of LinkedIn. Don't go stripping out their title and sending them some generic message. Look about the, look at them as a person. And, you know, I've been around long enough that I was in sales when you used to just walk into businesses and ask for the owner or ask for the manager, and you'd go back to their office, and you'd look at the wall, and you'd look for their diploma, and you'd look at the fly fishing photo on the wall, and you'd comment on that. You can do the same thing today and build rapport instantly with people because they put it out there. Their wall is right there on their LinkedIn profile. So just start using the tool you have in a way that gets you more rapport with people. That's great. Bill, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. Okay. You made it. (laughs) This has been incredible. Thank you so much for sharing these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business or anything else that you'd like to share? Sure. So I've got to sign up for the book, clicksand.net. And I put a special page up um, for Hacker Nation. It's clicksand.net slash success. And what I did was I put up chapter five, which is the damage chapter from ClickSand that talks about in detail all the different ways uh, your business can be damaged by online marketing. So people can really get to be uh, up to speed on that. And there's also on that same page a discount that you can get when the book comes out. And lastly, if there's something we've talked about that resonated and you want to talk to me about it further, you can uh, schedule a call with me on that page as well. So clicksand.net slash success. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. We'll actually have that. Hacker Nation, we'll actually have that in the show notes. All you have to do is go to successhackers.net and you'll see you'll see Bill's information. At the bottom of that, you'll you'll have that where you can click through it and definitely, definitely, definitely get that because I know that um, when that bad boy comes out in February, um, it's going to be a game changer for a lot of you. And just to kind of strip away and to really put the spotlight on uh, on some of the stuff that's happening, which I love. So, Awesome. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Bill, along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. Oh, listen, when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you get all these latest, newest episodes. And remember, if you're looking to explode your business this year, make sure to head over to bigbusinesswebinar.com to grab your free spot. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.